Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two. Thank you for listening to the Successful Life Podcast. We have no dues or fees, so please refer to this podcast to a friend. Make sure you rate, review, and hit the subscribe button. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I'm here with Quentin Lovejoy. And uh, I had to say that. I did not tell him I was going to pronounce his name that way. Um, so Quentin is a commercial insurance. Uh, uh, are you a broker or? Man, that's a, that's a bad word in my, in my, in my vernacular. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, that, that's typically, you know, that, that's how it's easiest to describe to, to individuals what I do. Um, but, uh, you know, brokers are just policy, policy hucksters, man. They just throw a policy and a quote at you. And we, we go a lot deeper than that. So, um, so dig but, into that. What, what do you mean by that? What do you do differently than what your competitors do? <clears throat> so, um, you know, what I tell a lot of people is that, um, you know, we're, we're not talking a very, a very big deal here. We're only talking about your business and your livelihood and the legacy that you're going to leave for your family. Right. And so, um, you know, usually that gets people's attention, you know, like, well, no, I give my blood, sweat, tears and life for this. You know, what are you talking about? And that really affords me the opportunity to open up and tell them that, you know, your commercials insurance program is not a commodity. You know, it's, it's not, it's not, you know, red pin versus blue pin versus black pin versus, you know, versus Coke versus Pepsi. This is a real deal that when and if, your company is sued, um, you know, are you going to be able to withstand that and, and have the right protections and policies in place? And not only that, um, it's always my goal to provide an ROI for uh, my clients on their insurance spend because insurance is not just, you know, you know, the premiums I pay it's, it's your insurance spend is the premiums you pay, the deductibles you pay, the uncovered claims you pay, the exposure you have, you know, um, and, and, and everybody hates paying insurance. I hate it more than anybody because I know the ins and outs and everything about it, you know, but that being said, it's very, very important to, um, business owners and your family and your, uh, your legacy, uh, what's, what's going to be here afterwards. So, um, you know, so I take it a little bit more seriously and, and on, on that ROI piece, you know, <clears throat> what we do is we just take a whole risk management approach, you know, it's not just, here's your policy, see your renewal time and I'll get you quotes. 
you know, get you a quote. I'll get you a quote, you know, get out of here with that stuff. You know, our, 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 our objective is to, is to present, you know, if you own a tire shop, Corey, you know, Corey's tire shop, my, my job is to market you to the insurance carriers, you know, in a way that's never been done before to get their attention. You know, how is that underwriter going to look at your account and spend time on your account and actually underwrite the account as opposed to the other 92 accounts that they get every month and they just stack of applications, put it in the system. Here's your quote. How do we get them to sit here and say, whoa, you know, what is this Corey's tire shop? What is this all about? Oh, he's in this elite business fraternity. Oh, he's the top, you know, he's the top tire shop in the entire, in the entire East Coast. You know, all these different things. Here's all the policies he has in his company. You know, all these things that uh, really do make a difference in, in commercial insurance world. That's my job. So. so you you kind of show the insurance company how Corey's tires, that brownie's different, so to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the average insurance underwriter gets over 90 submissions a month. And what a submission is, is it's usually just a stack of applications that are emailed to them and they say, all right, you know, the broker, the broker, broker's like, okay, I need a quote. Well, I mean, you could ask somebody like Chris and Leanne Saunders, you know, Andy Aranda, Sean, Sean Henry, some of these guys that I'm working with now in the syndicate, ask them the difference between what they've gone through in the past and what they're going through currently with me. It's a much different process. It's a much different, uh, approach, you know, and, um, um, it, you know, I always tell guys, you know, I'm probably not going to save you money. In fact, I'll probably be more expensive. But what I can tell you is that it's going to be right and it's going to be correct. And it's going to um, receive the attention from my insurance carrier partners that it deserves. So, um, you know, if, if think about it whenever you're hiring somebody for a job, right? Most hiring managers get a stack of resumes. They spend three or four seconds. They read the top third of the resume and it's either follow up or throw it away. It's the same exact thing with an insurance underwriter. They get a stack of applications, you know, boom, boom, boom. A well-trained chimpanzee can go through and quote an insurance program, right? Well, how do we really grab their attention? And I grab their attention through a proprietary process that I've developed that, that entails um, marketing your company, putting together a, a six to 10 page narrative about the company, about the owner, all that good stuff. It's, it's just, it's an assessment based process, not a quote based process. And uh, I turn away a lot of quotes. I, if I, if I have 10 people call me or if I call 10 people about five of them to six of them, will say, yeah, we'll take a quote. I don't work with that person. I just walk away from that business because, because I have done a poor job of conveying exactly what I'm trying to convey to you right now. And I just don't play the quote game. I don't do a lot of quotes. So if somebody's serious about their, their risk management and serious about their company, that's who I work with. You know, um, if they just want a quote, they want low buck Chuck to come in and, not, and give them a low buck Chuck policy. That's fine. Low buck Chuck needs to feed his family too, and he can go do it. But that's not the game that I play. So, so you mentioned ROI. I don't yeah. know if I, re you know, I, I, I just hit a deer, which, you know, and in, in I drive a BMW and the damn thing's been in the shop for 30 days. It is ridiculous right. because I've had right. to order parts from God knows where. And 
a great example is, you know, my deductible was a thousand bucks. Why? Because I didn't pay a single ounce of attention to what that number was. I paid right. attention to what the monthly rate was period. Right. And so, you know, I guess that's the ROI because guess what? At some point you're going to need the insurance and most likely oh, absolutely. it's going to be a time when if you don't have it, you very well may go under in your, you know, with companies that you work for. Am I right, right. on that? Right. Yeah. So, so, um, when I talk about ROI, that obviously stands for return on investment mm -hmm. and you know, my, my favorite example of that. So typically I work with larger businesses, right? I, I don't, you know, I think my, my smallest client is probably pays me 10 grand a year in premium overall. Okay. okay. Well, typically I don't work on a, on a program unless it pays me 10 K a year in revenue. Okay. To just give you some perspective on that. Now, about once a quarter, I take on a smaller account just because those people are drastically underserved and they call me or I get a referral or something like that. Happy to do that. You know, I love it. But, but usually what, what I work on are the much larger accounts, much more complex accounts. Well, sure enough, uh, a friend of mine I grew up with, he's a farmer. Um, there's a, there's a local meat processing facility that um that he takes all of all of his livestock to for processing right <clears throat> so um this account had some really bad work comp claims okay right. and they you know they had an employee almost cut his hand off they had a slip and fall where another guy broke his collarbone all this other really bad stuff okay just can i paul have you pause what does yeah. that what, what do two claims like that do to a policy. And I'm just asking for my own self. I've yeah. always wondered what does that, how does that affect the policy owner or the holder? Right. Excuse, excuse me, the policy right. holder. Right. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I feel like it's important to answer that. Sure. Absolutely. No. So, so it does a couple of things. Number one, it increases the premium. Okay. Because insurance companies have an algorithm. They have a, they have actuaries. They have very smart Sheldon Cooper, like people that sit in a room and, and calculate what insurance premium should be, right? And sure. a big part of that is this thing called an experience modification factor. Insurance nerds like me call it an experience mod or a mod, okay? What's okay. your mod, you know? So a good mod is a standard mod is 1.0 on a sliding scale right in the middle, okay? Most states, the bottom of the mod is like a 6.65 or 0.75 all the way up to a 1.25, okay? So the guy at a 1.10 is paying 10% more than the normal work comp experience, okay? And what factors that experience are just very simply claims, okay? Premiums paid in versus claims paid out, okay? And the more claims that are paid out, the further up that mod you get, okay? So this, this processing facility, they had these two huge claims, okay? And, and they're paying like, 10 grand a year for their work comp. Okay. It wasn't much. Well, as that number started creeping up, that mod, that mod impacts the premium. So they went from like 10 grand to 13 grand to 15 grand. And eventually the insurance company said, we're out. See you later. We're just dropping you. Okay. So they became such a poor risk that no insurance company wanted to touch them. So they ended up with what's called the state pool. Okay. And a state pool is is very low 
coverage amounts for very high premium. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's run by the state, usually a huge insurance carrier like travelers or somebody administers the plan. And it's just kind of a, you just kind of fall into a default category of, okay, you have to have insurance. So here you go. And the state, you know, all this stuff, you don't want to be in the state pool. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's one factor. That's one impact. Okay. On these claims. The second big thing is just company reputation, man. I mean, that, that meat processing facility down the street from them in, the, in, in, uh, in, in this town that I work in uh, is a big, um, like, oak or, or is it whatever it is. They're a wood manufacturing. They take the raw uh, wood in the back door and they spit out, you know, sheets of wood on, out the front door, right? And that's their operation. Well, they've had two workers die on the job within the last six years. Oh. Okay. So what kind of reputation does that get in the minds of employees, competitors, consumers, stuff like that? What does that get in their mind? I mean, that's all over the news, right? I mean, you're, you're driving your BMW with Corey's tire shop plastered on the side of it with a decal, right? And you run over a bus full of nuns on their way to the nunnery, or, you know, you're caught going through a, a, a traffic cam, you know, acting crazy. Think about these things in the public perception, you know, the, the public reputation you're earning as a business. You don't want that kind of stuff, right? So, um, so those are the things that 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 claims do to an to a company and to an insurance policy um, that that I don't want any of my friends or my clients ending up in. And so, so to your question, those are the things that it does. Well, to my point on ROI. I was able to take, so I got a referral in there. My buddy called me. He's like, Hey, I know you do this. Can you go help my friends? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I walk in, I'm like, Hey guys, what's going on? They tell me the stories of these bad claims. Okay. What, what did you do to prevent them in the first place? And what have you done to learn from them and correct the, these things from the back end? And they were both just freak things, dude. They were using the proper safety equipment. They were print. They had gone through the apprenticeship program. They'd done all these things. Literally, both of them were freak things. We call them shock losses. You know, it shocks the senses. It shocks the claims history. So, all I had to do, Corey, was just take those stories, articulate them to one of my insurance partners, my biggest insurance partner in the state, and they're like, "Yeah, we see your point." And so we, we took their coverage from a $100,000 policy to a million-dollar policy. We took their, their premium from $19,000 a year to $10,000 a year. And now we've got them with a good partner that, that is going to have their back and can come in and train their people and do this stuff, right? So that's ROI. And so when I took the, the quote in, when I took the policy in to this client, it was around this time two years ago. And she's looking at me and she starts tearing up. And I'm like, like it's an insurance policy. She's like, this is so weird. She goes, this is the weirdest thing ever. We needed $10,000 to fully fund the match of the 401k this year. And I didn't know where it was going to come from. And so she had this 401k policy with her, with her employees, right? It's only a five man operation. It's not a very big company, but you know what? They're doing the right thing. They're doing 401ks for their, for their employees, right? She needed $10,000 somewhere in her budget to match the employee contribution for the year. She had no idea where she was going to get it. 
right? We came in, provided a solution, 10 grand, she didn't expect, you know, and she's getting all emotional in front of me at this, you know, at this meeting. And I'm like, damn, you that's made all emotional. Damn, you I mean, made me emotional. <laughs> so, so dude, I mean, that's ROI. That's what I talk about. And that's why this stuff makes a difference, you know? And dude, so, I, I can't even explain like the way you just explained that. And it was simply because you took the time and it probably didn't take you a lot of time, but you took the time to put the stuff together in a way that the insurance company could look for the lack of better words, buy in. And, 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 and here you are saving a company that that's a lot of money for a company. Yeah. 10 grand was the world to them. I mean, most of my clients, they, they write out $10,000 checks like it's a bodily function, but for this small five employee family owned soon to be second generation company, it made all the world, the, the, you know, and those, those are the most satisfying cases to work on, you know. Heck yeah, dude. You can do stuff like that. Attention contractors of the Successful Life podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, SuccessfulLifePodcast.com, and click on the free download button to grab your copy of Warning When Hiring a Leadership Coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out. All right. So um, let's talk about you. Where, <laughs> where did you come from? Where uh, where are you from? Where do you live now? What? Tell me about yeah. Tell me about yeah. Quentin. So, you know, By the I, way, folks, I just want to say this really quick. Quentin got on stage and fucking rocked in uh at rt live i just i'll just i have to say that you did such a phenomenal job well i appreciate that and uh you know i was talking to some buddies you know beforehand um i was talking to sue reniger beforehand yes she was on stage and i uh, was talking to phil davies beforehand a little bit and love him and uh and they were like well what are you going to talk about i'm like i don't know you know i hadn't really thought about it like really i've been all stressed about it and i've been doing this and i've been prepping that and i'm like crap guys now i'm nervous you know i hadn't really thought about what i was going to talk about so you know but uh but yeah you know so i i went out there i didn't have a clue what i was going to talk about and i just kind of was like you know this is on my heart this is what i talk about a lot of people with and and so um you know so i appreciate that i didn't know i i you know, a lot of people say, oh, you did a good job. And that's just kind of like, you know, you tell your buddy that you did, good, did a good job. You know, he has a sacrifice fly in the beer league softball game and moves the runner over. And it really doesn't mean anything, right, because it's right. beer league softball, you know. But, you know, he comes back to the dugout. So, like, good job, bro. You know, all this, you know, that's kind of like what, you know, you kind of have to tell your friends they did a good job. You know? I think it, you know, I think it's interesting that, you know, I don't script any of, as you can tell, I don't script any of these podcasts, not a single one. I, I run through, I figure out who you are if I don't already know. Yeah. Um, but that's as far as the, it goes, because I know for me, at one point I was trying to record a, a, a course, right? And maybe it wasn't a course, maybe I'm getting it mixed up. Either way, I had typed the words out on, a, on the monitor where when I record, I can read what I need to say. And I'm like, this is like genius. Sure. <laughs> dude. It was the worst thing in the world for me yep. because I just couldn't, I, you know, I, I don't pace with the words I pace with me. And, right. and so I'm better off just not having a set 
script. I'm just sure. better off that way. So, all right, let's dive into you. Yeah, sure. So, uh, well, you know, I was looking at your YouTube page here, the Successful Life Podcast, and I see a couple of, uh, uh, I, you know, I have a daughter, you know, so I'm always interested in successful women and what they're doing and stuff like that. You know, I want to provide her good role models and stuff. And I see a couple here on your, on your podcast. And then I see Sean Whalen on your YouTube page. You know, everybody knows who Sean is. And I see Ryan Williams, you know, former Navy SEAL, complete badass, you know, um, all this stuff. And, um, and I'm like, man, I don't know what's wrong with Corey. All of a sudden now he wants to interview a pudgy white kid from Missouri, you know, that, that <laughs> works, works in insurance. I don't know what's up with this guy, you know, but, uh, uh, yeah. So no, I, I'm, I appreciate you, uh, uh, having, having me on here. So absolutely dude. I have, I tell you what, you know, since our take the, the, the event, I mean, I, I have, I, I've been able to connect with people Quentin, that I would have never expected to sure. connect with. because, And quite frankly, I saw the opportunity because Ryan said, yes, I'll be on your first podcast. At that point, Quentin, I had no idea how to do a podcast. When I asked him on that Sunday when we were leaving, right. he said yes, and we booked the date. I did not have a clue how to record anything. I didn't know. That's awesome, man. And so – and that's not been that long ago, dude. That's been just a few weeks. Three, I mean, like three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, you know, so I, 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 it was great because it put me in a jam, right? I yes. wasn't going to let Ryan down. Right. I wasn't going to look stupid. Right. So I grinded out for 20 hours a day for, I don't know how long and, and just figured it out, but I'm glad right. it worked out that way because now I understand it and whatever. So I'm sorry. Right. This is not about me. It's about you. Let's rock it <laughs> Yeah, man. So, you know, nothing too glamorous. You know, I, I, I was, I was, my, my daughter was struggling through a, through a dance class thing recently. She'd never taken ballet before. She's, she's taken years and years of, of, man, I don't know what these are called. There, there's one like, that's like hip hop jazz and there's one that's, ta- you know, she, she's taking all, dances her thing, right? Sure. And, <clears throat> and she wanted to do ballet this year. And so she'd never done ballet before. And, um, and, and so she was struggling through the first several weeks of ballet and she'd come home one night and it's just waterworks. Oh, everybody's looking at me. I'm so embarrassed, you know, all this stuff. And so, you know, we, we had to sit down and talk with her about it. My wife, my wife, Sabrina and I had to sit down with her and, and I told her, I said, look, I said, there's, there's about, in, in my estimation, there's three types of people in life. Okay. There's people that, that came up with nothing, you know? And, 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 and they've, they've had by, by force, they've had to develop fight and spirit and grit and all this stuff. Right. And they, they've fought and they've succeeded and they've overcome and all these things. Right. And then there, there's, there's people that were just born with the silver spoon, you know, and everything in life has been easy and all this stuff. Then there's people kind of in the middle. Okay. And, and I've always envied the people, oddly enough, I've always envied the people that came up with nothing, right? And have had to work and fight and, and grind and all this stuff. I've always envied them because I've, I've, I've envied their ability to overcome and achieve and all that kind of stuff. And then the Silver Spoon people, I'm just like, screw them. You know, I don't envy them whatsoever, you know, at all. Thank God, you know, I'm not one of them, right? But then there's people 
and I, I place myself in this category. And this is the, the illustration I was trying to make to my daughter was like, there's people like me, how I grew up and how I feel like my daughter's growing up right now. They're kind of in the middle, you know, my daughter wasn't born with a silver spoon with her mouth in her mouth. She, she clearly wasn't born into nothing. We're kind of in the middle here, right? Where life can get very, very comfortable, very comfortable. And that's kind of where I grew up. I grew up comfortable. You know, I never knew, God bless my parents. I never knew how much they were actually struggling behind the scenes. You know, I mean, my dad was a chiropractor, but he's in, he's a chiropractor in a town of 5,000 people. Right. I mean, that you're not getting rich off of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And my mom stayed home with, with me most of my life. And then when my brother was, was born and, and into school, she, she went into teaching. Right. So you've got a chiropractor in a rural community and you've got a teacher in a rural community. We weren't just raking in fit, you know, and I know my dad passed up opportunities where he could move us to different parts of the country and stuff and have these lucrative practices and stuff. And he just never did it, you know? And, um, so we do, I just grew up comfortable, you know? Why, why do you think he never moved just out of curiosity? And so, you know, for you and for me, I think, and, and I guess I can just speak for myself. If there was a big enough opportunity it would be a decision. It would be a hard decision to make if, if it were me. And I'm guessing you're the same way. I don't know, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't know why. I mean, the, this, the cynical side of me would say, you know, he just didn't want to put a, He just didn't want to burn the boats and put everything out on the line, you know, and hmm. move into an unfamiliar situation. But okay. you know, the, the more, the more positive side of me would say, you know, he he didn't want to move away from his folks who were you know who were obviously getting older all of our family was here i was growing up here you know it was a safe little community we grew up you know on and on and on all the all the dad type decisions you know you would you would think i would credit him with those but you know in, in my more cynical moments i would say ah he was just a wuss and didn't want to take a chance you know i would i would tend more towards the former than the latter you know um but it, it, it did. It taught me a lesson that, that, you know, I don't want to be just comfortable in life. I want to be uncomfortable all the time burning those boats. And, and that's, that's why I'm in the situation I am now, you know, is I had a very comfortable job at a great company um, that, that provided me a W-2, provided my family health insurance, retirement, pension, deferred compensation. Man, I mean, and that's Every the year. lock. That's the lock. That's where they get you, right that's there. Exact, that's exactly right. Because because it, it was a it was a commercial insurance company, right? And I was doing pretty much what I'm doing now, working out of my house. You know how great is that? Working out in the field, seeing my clients face to face every day, and I made a lot of money doing it. Every tri- every year, I won their incentive trip, and I won incentive trips on top of the incentive trips. You know, I spent three and a half weeks one year with my family in Maui, you know, on our incentive trip and just all this cool stuff. Right. And at the end of the day, I'm just like, yeah, you know, okay. You know, and, and so in, in that company, you've either been with the company less than seven years or for life, you know, and the lifer guys, sure they rake in a million bucks a year and they have all this deferred compensation and the golden handcuffs have kept them there and, and, and God bless them. But 
I, I just needed more than that, you know, and some leadership changes happened. And I was just like, all right, if I'm going to go do this, if I'm really going to, if I'm going to take my family tree and start a whole new branch over here, that in a hundred years, people look back at the, at the family tree and they're like, what happened? Where did this divert? Oh, it was Quentin and Sabrina and then Sydney. And then this happened. And wow, look at where this family is now, you know, because I love my family. My grandfather, he was an entrepreneur. My mom and dad, you know, my dad had his own business, you know, all this stuff. Very comfortable family tree over here, right? And God bless them for it. Love them for it. They taught me a lot of great things. They also taught me a lot of things that said, you, you, you got to be the new patriarch. And you got to start something wholly new over here all by yourself. Wow. So that's not what I thought you were going to say. Actually, I thought you were going to say that it, it kind of, it puts you in more of a mindset of <clears throat> stay comfortable like father, like your dad, right? You know, stay where you are, continue on the corporate, be safe. That's where I thought you were going now. Yeah. I have to ask whenever you get to this point, I, I need you to walk me through all of the thoughts and the feelings, I want you literally to, to, to go back to that time. If you have to shut your eyes for a minute, do that. And, <laughs> and, and go back to that time when you were trying to figure out what decision to make, make, you know, to, to give up this basically cushion to an extent. Oh, dude, it was so cush. I worked three days a week, dude. It was I mean, so easy. So I, I never worked a Monday. I never worked a Friday. And I made one, my, my best year, I almost made $200,000, right? That's pretty and, badass. And in a town of 6,000 people where cost of living is nil, you know, and my, 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 my wife and my daughter were taken care of and we had health insurance. We had a whole deal, you know, our future was out there. Just do your job every year. The golden handcuffs will come, the deferred comp will come. And then someday when you're, 60 years old, life will be great, you know, and, and I just, I just didn't want to wait, dude. I mean, life's too short, man. And, and I've got too much stuff I want to do uh, for my family. I've got too much stuff I want to do for others. Um, you know, I've always, I've always had it on my heart. You know, I grew up playing baseball, right. And I had buddies growing up that, that wanted to play baseball, but they couldn't afford it, you know, and even so back as far as a little kid, I was thinking, man, it would be great if I could just pay for their entry fee into the league and buy them a glove and buy them shoes and buy them a bat and buy them a helmet, you know, and a bat bag to put it in and then they could play baseball, you know? And so when my, when my baseball career was over, you know, and I started playing beer league softball and then my daughter started work playing T-ball, I would see these, these same kids. And I'm always just like, I hate it that that little girl's coming to, t-ball or whatever just wearing you know boots or shoes or you know she needs cleats man she's got to play the game you know or i'd see people on the online facebook um swap shops and stuff like that looking for used you know and and, and i'm just like it's always just been on my heart you know i'm like i'm, I'm not going to get to the point where i can just say okay baseball league here's an anonymous ten thousand dollar donation to pay for every kid that doesn't want to, you know, or like my mom would come home with these heartbreaking stories of, of kids and their, 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 their school lunch 
debts that they had and all this stuff. They didn't quite qualify for free lunch, but you know, they couldn't quite, you know, and they had all these debts and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, man, how awesome would it be just to walk into the school district office and say, hey, what's the student debt lunch debt right now? Oh, write out check, boom, done. You know, those are the types of things that have always been on my heart to do. But man, they just, they just don't, aren't going to happen anytime soon a W-2 life. I mean, at least for me, it wasn't. You know? I agree. Yes. And, and so, so that's what really, you know, so like I said, my, my, uh, I, I was in this job and there was leadership change at the top. And the guy that, that hired me into the company, his name was John. And, and John became a second dad to me. You know, he really did. He was a second father to me. And, um, <clears throat> every, my dad did a great job bringing me up with, with values and standards and all this stuff, whatever gaps there were, John filled them in for me. Right. And, and he really did. He became my second father and, and just at age, however old I was 30, 31 coming in under his tutelage, um, you know, and, and he became my second father and taught me so much about business, about life, you know, about family, you know, people think I'm tightly wound now and that I'm, I'm type A, you know, just super nerdy focused, you know, all this stuff now. They should have seen me prior to John, you know, I mean, it was, it was crazy. So, um, you know, so, so he changed at the top and they brought in a guy that let's just say we didn't see eye to eye. Let's just put it that way. Right. And so when you're working for that company, you wear, you wear the glasses, the rose colored glasses, you drink the Kool-Aid. And when that guy came in, I just started, I just took a look over the palace walls, you know, I'm like, you know, hmm, I wonder what's over there. And, and the company I'm with now came along and they said, look, we're opening an office in Kansas city. We've been in St. Louis since 1865. All of our, all of our agents, brokers, whatever you want to call us, we're all business owners. You're, you, you know, you can do basically whatever you want, focus wherever you want, work on whatever you want, and do your own thing and build your own empire. And and all we will serve as is a central hub of support for markets, for IT, for back office support, and then go for it. You you will basically be a franchise of our agency. And there's only going to be four of you in Kansas City, so you won't have a lot of competition within the within the firm. And I'm like, this is it. You know, there's all, all the time you just happen to work out just right. So, so uh, is it safe to assume that going into this position, this was not a salaried position? Yeah, I went from, dude, I went from, like I said, making almost 200K a year with insurance and all this stuff to zero. That's what that, okay. So that's the part I want you to really think about and tell the listeners because that, so you know, you, you had, that was a defining moment for you. You had an opportunity that it, it, it didn't seem like it was as hard of a jump as someone moving. I mean, still a hard jump, still incredibly hard. So yeah. how did you, how, what was going through your mind with well, the fears and how did you fight through that uh, in order to say, you know what, I'm going to take this fucking leap and I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah, man, it wasn't, it wasn't really a, and, and this is, this is counterintuitive for me because 
not only am I an overthinker, but I, I, I think a lot about how much I overthink things. Right. So, sure. so I'm, I'm, I, I wrote, I, I wrote the textbook on overthinking. Okay. So it wasn't just a mapped out strategized plan for me. It was just like, we just got to do it, you know, burn the damn boats, yeah. make a decision, go for it, you know? And so, man, I don't know how we've, how we've managed through it. I really don't. I mean, our insurance cost went from 200 bucks a month for just health insurance to 1800 bucks a month, you know, and, yeah. and all this stuff. And, and I just, you know, I, I, I don't, I did, I just don't know, you know, I wish I could show you the recipe that we use and say, okay, follow this plan and it'll work out the same way. But man, when you burn the boats, when, when you, when you put those, those cement blocks on your feet and jump into the lake, you've either got to freaking swim or you're just going to go in that, that fear, you know, just consumed me. And not only that, two weeks after I left, my former company decided to sue me. I knew that's what you were going to say because of non-compete. Non-compete agreement. Absolutely. So here, here's, here's how, here's how, uh, here's how that went down. Um, I, I made the, the cardinal sin of using one of these guys, a flash drive. Oh my right. gosh, a USB flash drive. And, and Quentin, you kept the flash drive and you took all that company information with you and, and shame on you. You're an evil guy. And they even said this to my attorney. They said, if we don't have that flash drive within 48 hours, we're going to call the FBI. Holy shit. I'm like, what? The FBI, what? So, so, you know, so me being the overthinker, the paranoid worrier guy, I start Googling this stuff. I'm like, have they ever done this to anybody before? Well, sure as hell. Here's a guy that worked in home office that left to work for a competitor that stole a bunch of company information and took it to the competitor. Right. And I'm like, and they like came to his house with a search warrant and all this stuff and all, you know, and I'm just like, holy crap, they're putting me in the same category as this guy. <laughs> and I just had a flash drive that I used for daily business purposes. I mean, you packed it up like it was your normal shit, I'm assuming. Like, you yeah. just put it hey. in your computer bag and moved on. Like, it wasn't like you said, that's the flash drive, and I'm <laughs> taking that motherfucker, and I'm right. doing something with it. And the but, most ironic part was that it was a flash drive they gave to us. You know, and they're like, I'm just like, you know, okay, I forgot. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Here you go. I don't remember what's on the flash drive. I have personal stuff on the flash drive, but here you go. You can have it. Please take it. And so they took it. And then a couple weeks after that, they're like, well, you plug this into another computer. Oh my God. And so we need to see that other computer. And so then my, my, my libertarian DNA starts getting up inside me. I'm like, now wait a freaking minute here. You know, give me a break here. What are you talking about? You want to look at my computer. So what did I do? I dug my heels in and we fought and fought and fought and fought and fought. Right. And you know what? In hindsight, I should have just said, fine, whatever. So, so short story long, <laughs> they, they end up sending me a letter. They're like, we spent 45 grand on forensics and IT and all this stuff just to make sure you didn't steal information. So and you got to pay us that 45 grand. You don't pay like, <laughs> Did you initiate it? No. Right, exactly. That's what <laughs> my attorney. My attorney's like, look, you're whistling past the graveyard here. You know what are you talking about? So it, it 
he, he's, you know, hey, if you would have told us up front that you wanted us to pay for this, we probably would have, you know, told you where to stick it, you know. So, again, what did I do? I just dug my heels in, you know, and I fought and fought and fought and fought and fought. So, whatever we had in savings and 401ks and nest egg and all that stuff, that all got depleted. within you had, the to, you had to pay the 45000 Finally, I, I finally just said, you know what? They've got billions. I've got thousands. I can't continue to fight them. So here you guys go. Shit. You know? And my attorney was like, you know what? I could win this. He was like, I could fight this. I could be a bulldog on this stuff. He was like, but if it ever got in front of a jury, you don't know what way it's going to go. And he said, you know, the way your employment contract read, you might have to pay their attorney's fees if they won in court. And it's going to cost you hundreds of thousands for my firm. You know, my attorney, he cost me 600 bucks an hour, dude. You know, he's the best of the best. And he specializes in this IT business stuff, right? That's his deal. He's, he's not, he's not Joe attorney here in a town of 6,000 people. He's a badass, right? Right, right. So, um, you know, just looking at that, I was like, screw it. You know, here you go. And, um, and so literally not only did we start out, my company, my entrepreneur journey with zero, we started out with negative. Right. You know, we, we, I mean, and it wasn't just a little small business loan that you'll get to start your company. No, this was serious money that we started out in the negative. And um, man, it just, it just changes your entire perspective. And my perspective the entire time, what my attorney, you know, my attorney could tell I was, I was right there on the edge, dude. I mean, I, I don't, I identify a lot more with mental health struggles these days because of what I went through and kind of how it's rewired my brain even till now, you know, um, dude, we get it. The, the notification goes off that we have somebody at our front door. The immediate thought that still goes through my head is it's an attorney or it's the FBI here to serve a warrant or something like that. I mean, that's how screwed up in the head. These people had me. Right. And that yes. was from day one of my entrepreneur journey. So, uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, I have a process that I would be willing to take you through that'll help you, that'll help you with that shit. Yeah, that's great. I'm and all, I'm, all and I'm happy to, I'm happy to do it because I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, I, I did, I had a similar situation as you did. Uh, it was slightly different, but I, I, I'll get into that later. But, um, I mean, this just happened last October, but essentially I lost a business that I had invested everything into. And it really, first of all, it comes down to, it was Corey's fault because Corey was the owner. Right. But then there were some other things that happened that I in lawsuits and so on and so forth. And so I feel you there one. And then in 2005, I got caught with four ounces of cocaine. And for years, and, and really to this day, one out of 10, if I were to get pulled 10 times, which I don't, but if right. I were to, one out of 10, I, I, I have that panic, I, I, that, that surge in my yeah. heart. But yeah. then I'm like, no. So my point is, is that there's, there's a six-step process. It's fairly easy, actually, that, that we'll schedule a time. We'll do yeah, it. Absolutely. I'll take you through it. And it's 
going to change your perspective on how you look at that damn doorbell. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that because, you know, I mean, particularly, you know, and this is, this is where the power of Arte comes in for me personally, because guys like, like, um, Ed, you know, first and foremost, Ed Milet has helped me so much with mindset, you know, from, from that end of things, you know, you, and, and even Andy talks about it all the time. You know, when you, when you have your mind made up, you want this car or this thing and you start seeing that and that's what attracts you to those things. So Ed talks about that. Andy talks about that. And then our first summit this year with Dr. Joe Dispenza, oh. he talked about that stuff so much. And I'm just like, dude, you got to stop. You got to stop doing that stuff because you're just going to bring that into your world. If that's what you keep focusing on, that's what you're convinced is going to happen. Damn it. That's what's going to happen. So you got to stop. So yeah, I'd be interested to talk to you about that. Yeah, dude, I've, I've gone through all, just about all of Joe's stuff. Um, I've also, yeah, I'm an NLP practitioner, so I understand the language of the mind. Uh, I also do hypnosis, which I don't, I, which weirds people out because people have different whatever. Right. But um, and, and none of this, what I'm talking about, has anything to do with any of that shit. Right. Um, but it does have to do with the mindset and and how you, you know, how you react to certain things. Anyway, it'll be it, it'll be pretty simple to do. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, and you know, I'm working with a lady. Oh, the lady, Dr. Aaron. Okay. That you watched. Yeah, on your on your Yeah, on your, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so her and I, so like I told I think I mentioned this. I I've been sober over ten years and it's a long story and, and I almost got into it with every single person I've talked to because somehow, some way the people that I've gotten on this show are all they all struggle from either alcohol or some kind of an addiction or something. It is bizarre. Yeah. And then I have a different outlook on sobriety recovery than what a lot of people do. And I've just recently voiced it because honestly, I was nervous about voicing it because 95% of the folks in the world in my, from what I can guess would disagree with me, Okay, which is fine. It doesn't matter, but I understand the mind and I understand that what we tell self-talk is a big deal. Yeah. What you tell yourself over Absolutely. and over, it eventually will sink in and you Absolutely. will become whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, Chris Saunders has been beating me over the head with that baseball bat for, for months now, you know, and, and he's, he's been a huge blessing just to have, you know, someone to check me against my self thoughts and my self talk and all that stuff. So and that, that's what RT has been such a big deal for me in that way, you know, um, you know, last, last March, you know, typically in, in my line of work, you know, the way you build a successful business is you say, all right, I'm going to join the chamber of commerce. We're going to go to the monthly breakfast. We're going to pat each other on the back. We're going to do some other stuff to each other under the table. And this is how you build it. And in 20 years, you're the recommend, you know, give me a break, dude. And so last, and so in my business, I could walk into your company and become your agent with just a signature on a letter, right? And last March, my uh, my second biggest client, I lost him via, we call that a broker of record letter. I lost him via broker of record to the local schmuck that walked into his office and said, you know, we've done so much business with you and, and that firm will never do any business with you. They're based in St. Louis. And even though I live right in the same neighborhood, 
as this guy and all this, whatever, dude. So he guilted my client into signing a broker of record letter. And I said, that's it. If you guys want to play that game, you can go play that game. I am going to redefine my entire business plan, my entire life plan, my entire circle of people that I work with, that influence me, that I text with every day, that I interact with on social media, that I, that I have in my life, influencing my life. I'm going to change that entire circle. And so I was in the accelerator at the time. And that's what I was like, I don't care how I'm going to go about doing it. I'm getting into the syndicate. I'm going to redefine who my social circle, who my business circle, who my, who, who everything that influences me, I'm changing it from that moment on. And, and, and I have, man, and that's what, what Arte has been so big for me in that regard. You know, now instead of, you know, those people gearing my business, I've got guys like Ryan Williams and Ed and Andy and, and, you know, and the Saunders and, and freaking just all these people throughout the entire country, you know, Andy Aranda and Sean Henry and all these guys that have built stuff from ground level zero all the way up to where they are now. That's who my people are now, you know, and almost every day I've got people like, what's this, what's this Arit thing you post about on Instagram? <laughs> I'm tired of seeing Arit this and Arit that. What are you talking about Arit? I'm like, you know what? If you can't even take the time to Google and understand what the word is, then, you know, I don't have time to explain it to you. Exactly. Exactly. And I say all, and all I tell them is, look, it's a business fraternity. 31,000 people wanted in. 130 of us got in. That's all you need to know. And that's exactly what it is. You, you know? got, I mean, that's, you spearheaded it dead on. So you've mentioned Sean Henry. I don't know why that name sounds familiar. Okay. I can't seem to connect the dots. You obviously think a lot about him. Uh, send me his, his thing. Cause I would love to connect with him. Oh, he'd be uh, great. He'd be great for this deal, dude. I and would love fabulous. Yeah, perfect. absolutely. Yep. So, um, all right, my man. So it's about time to wrap up. This has been, I'll be, dude, I, you know, I really didn't know. And, and so lots of times I, I don't know where the conversation is going to go, but I believe right. that you have tr- seriously provided more value than a lot of the people. And I'm not bashing the other people that I've interviewed. It's just a lot of our conversations have went in a different direction, but sure. you've painted pictures for entrepreneurs that, they all, these are questions they all have, right. whether they're, they're getting ready to jump into the entrepreneurship field or space or, or whether they're already in it and they're struggling. Mm-hmm. You've kind of helped both of those things um, with your story about, you know, ju- making the leap and then having to lose all your money because of a fucking flash drive. Right. Like flash you know, drive, man. That's, yeah. Yeah. But, but you have recovered significant not just recovered you've completely made a turnaround in your life yeah absolutely and um and 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 i'll tell you i mean it it sounds cliche and it sounds fanboyish and all this stuff but man without without guys you know without guys like andy and, and ed just just their content but not only man not only those guys but like like i've become pretty tight with vaughn you know and and vaughn vaughn's a faith-based guy obviously and i'm a faith-based guy and, and we're both on that same, same, same wavelength where, 
I mean, he's just been such a huge, you know, positive in my life. And then you, you get like, you get guys like Alex Spinoso. I mean, dude, if, if, if you're going to talk to anybody for this thing, that's a, right there. literally ironic. I sent him a message. We've been playing message phone tag. Yeah. And I sent him a message two minutes before I got on this call with you. Yeah. Yeah. So he's awesome. But just, just those, those types of people, man. Um, Mike Toucher down in Florida. Oh I mean, yeah. That, that guy, he, he's become now, now that John, my second father, you know, yes. is, is, is lesser in my life now just because we don't work for the same company. Sure. But you know, Toucher has kind of filled his, that gap that, that John had just as a, a guy that's just the next generation up from me. Junior. Just the next, just the next generation up in success level for me. He's been so huge. And, um, um, man, and, and so just, just guys like that, that have, that has completely just rewired, you know, my, my standards in life, you know, my, my standards in business, you know, and, and I've become very, very intolerant of people that don't share those same standards. And I think intolerance in that way is a damn good thing. I, I really agree. do. 100%. You know, I'm on a couple not-for-profit boards around town, and and I just I just sit there in these meetings. I'm just like, I can't be here. I can't sit through this stuff. You know, I, I have a different standard for for things. And, and even with my, my wife and my daughter, I drive them nuts. And I'm just like, you know, <laughs> ask Brian to Bobby, put the shopping cart back, you know, just stuff like that, you know, pick up the trap, you know, and, and you start to see it. Like in my daughter, we're, we're out the other day, she's picking up trash on the way into target. You know, I'm just like, boom, there we go. Hell That's yeah. how you change stuff. That's how you change the world. You start within your family, it expands out to your community expands it you know and and so the vision of this thing that's where it comes in and um i mean i'm just so thankful for it i'm thankful for guys like you that are helping you know spread spread the word and and and, and get this stuff out there because i can't start a podcast i don't know what to talk about you know i mean what are we doing here you know but guys like you that have the balls to go out and do it and, and make these connections and invest the time and the resources and the energy Man, that's that's how that's how stuff gets changed, and uh, we we need so much more of it now. So I appreciate you doing this as well. So. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you giving me your time today. I know it's very valuable, and and I do appreciate the hell out of it. So thank you so much. Right on, man. Anytime. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. We'll set up that meeting soon. You bet. We'll do it. All right, brother. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, man. Later. All right. I want to thank you again for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. If you have not already subscribed, please do. And look, if you really enjoyed today's episode, email me at SuccessfulLifePodcast at gmail.com and tell me what it was you enjoyed. And if there's somebody that you want me to bring on, then email me about that and tell me who it is. And... I'll make sure it happens. So, you know, leave us a review, tell a friend, and until next time, folks, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, 
Greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.